Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, we're back. Andrew, new series, dude, we new are day. back. Yes. New series, new day. The sun is out. I went tubing this yes. weekend, so... Uh, yes. There's a spot on my floor in my living room. I just remember this um, <laughs> where I sprayed sunscreen on and you can see it yeah. on the floor still. Um, <laughs> but I love the smell of it. It like reminds me of summer. So I haven't wiped it up yet. I don't know if that's, that's weird or, or what, but uh, ah, I don't plan to wipe it up for a little while. My dog slipped on it earlier today, um, but he was being a turd. So I was okay with him <laughs> slipping on it, like an idiot. That's funny. But, Dude, but, yeah. what a great thing. I wonder if anybody makes sunscreen candles, like sunscreen scented candles. Oh, that you know? has to that, be a thing. That's got to be a thing. Jumping on It's going to be right a thing now. if not. Yeah. Sun. Oh, that's great. Green candles. Oh, candles. Man, I got your picture from the Freedom Float and uh, Summer Camp. Nice. Yeah. Buying it right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, once you finish that purchase, um, which thank you, Amazon. $34 for, for a candle. Never mind. Oh. I'm not buying it right now. I'm not nope. $34. Nope. 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 I know candles nope. can be expensive, but I'm not <laughs> into that. <laughs> that's a lot for a candle. Unless it's like a yeah. six pack or something. Come on. That's crazy. <laughs> six um, <pack> candle. <laughs> dude, how was the freedom float, man? Did uh, did you get real patriotic? We're, we're recording this right after July 4th, people. And we uh, yeah. used to have Float Club, um, which Josh still is in. Um, he's one of the honorary uh, chairman, um, founders of Float Club, even though he reluctantly uh, came most of the time because uh, it was cold and rocky and fun. But he's still cold. But a little and rocky. still cold, still rocky, still fun. Yeah. How yeah, was it? I went all out patriotic. I put on my nice. American flag swim trunks and I bought me an American flag t-shirt. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, I was rocking it. Uh, it was Dude. a blast um, because Good. floating is always a blast. If you have a totally. river near you that you can float down in a inner tube, do it. Uh, especially with it's a group fun. of friends and yes. uh, adult beverages make things better. Yes. But with those adult beverages, please remember uh, you are in the sun, baking in the sun all day. So you may <laughs> want to limit how many adult beverages you're going to take in, or um, you're going to have struggle getting out of the lake or the river. That's just the reality right. of it. Right. Uh, but no, it was a blast. Uh, I got a sunburn on my chest because I didn't have like my shirt nope. buttoned up all the way. Because um, mm. you're like, you're in the right. sun. You don't want to be have a shirt on. Right. But at the same time, right. I had to be patriotic. So you got to go with that. <laughs> uh, so I have a perfect heart sunburn on my chest, uh, That's right awesome. actually above my heart, and it hurts, <laughs> like painfully hurts. Oh, the first man. two nights after float, uh, I was waking up constantly because I would move or something and like something rub against my chest or like it would bunch up or whatever. And oh gosh, it was painful. It still is painful. That and now it's painful. in that like. It, it's like in that still burnt itchy stage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so now yes. you like want to itch it, but it's still on fire. So you can't really touch it. Um, yeah. It's, um, it's a little miserable. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Sometimes. Yeah. Sunburn is the absolute worst. I spent, I spent a ton of time in the sun. I don't know how I didn't get burned this weekend, but 
thankfully I did not. Maybe I have enough of a base tan or at least a base farmer's tan to be all right, you know? Um, but today, excuse me, today it's like 94, 95 degrees. So I am really hoping to get in our pool in a little bit. Um, hopefully I won't get burned, but you know, it is what it is. So yeah, man. Yeah. My, my summer tan, uh, after a week in Phoenix and I've been outside for the last couple of weeks, like top notch summer tan even to the point that like i was i was washing in the shower this morning i had like soap all over my hands and i was like my hands cannot i we uh changed some rotors and brake pads on my truck last night i was like my hands cannot still be that dirty and then i realized (laughs) it's not dirt on my hands i'm just that tan i was like dude that's that's Uh, a good summer tan right there that's awesome man it's been a long time than this tan that's what's up dude Um, i like you take off the watch and it's like white white i don't know if you can see that andrew (laughs) yeah i totally can see that that's impressive man i have that i'm not going to show you my feet but i have that on my feet from my chacos which i still wear religiously even though i left colorado i still wear them all the time um because they're the best but i have the like thing big like z on my foot you know it's pretty it's pretty solid people wear that with pride i don't know yeah no, yeah, I'm not a Chaco kind of guy, but I always felt like they're right. women's sandals. No, no offense <laughs> to you, Andrew, but well, um, you you rock. You do have a rather womanly figure, so I, I understand. I do. Uh, I do. <laughs> so I That's can understand true. why you'd feel that way, you know. Um, and you always shop in the little girls department at uh, REI, so that might be another reason why um, you think that. I think I've only been to REI once in my entire life. <laughs> really? And I our, haven't been there yeah, that much because I'm cheap, actually. Just, I just drove by it, and it just gave birth to a, another REI right next door. What? So now it's Are like two serious? buildings. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, that's I was like, funny. Oh, that's weird. I don't know if one's like huh. all you stuff. I know REI, that's a big deal hmm. um, or what, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I've Dude. been there. Colorado Springs place to be for REI. That's what's up. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, So get out there, enjoy this beautiful weather, wherever you happen to be. And if you have a chance Mm -hmm. to float, I highly recommend floating. Highly recommend. Um, There's actually a river where scope that we know will be solid to float. It's right by my brother-in-law's house. Um, It's like a fairly, like it's not, it's a fairly big river. It gets big in places. So it's probably like twice as wide as the one, the South Platte, which we floated, Ooh, nice. you know, uh, the normal freedom float on. Yeah. But, uh, but it looks solid. So we just need to figure out, I don't know if it'll even be this summer because of like childcare for our two girls. Cause they can't float. They're way too little for that. But Why not? one day I see you just put them, will. you just put them in a bigger raft and you might be okay. <laughs> Dude, it just sounds miserable. We'd be spending our whole time like trying to make sure they don't fall in the river. Uh, yeah, probably, uh, probably not. A they probably have like baby life type of phase. I'm sure. Well, we have life jackets for them, but it's still. See? Yeah, man. Yeah, we will start a float. Yeah, we're going here, again. Though. Absolutely. You're going again. We're going again in two weeks, I think. Uh, so if nice. you personally know me and live in Colorado Springs, <clears throat> reach out. You can, you can flow with us. Uh, yes. But we're going to get, we're trying a different part of the river that's supposed to be a lot deeper. 
Because the part that nice. we typically do, there's some there's some parts that are shallow, and you yeah you, know, you got to get that butts up. You got to get the starfish Dude. going. Um, just starfish yeah, is like put all your weight on the back. outside of your tube, um, so you can you can get floating down the thing. I think I only got stuck uh, twice, um, nice. and one time I could like I could just like move my feet and get to where I needed to go, and another time I had to stand up um, uh, because it was just it was too shallow, and I picked the wrong. It's path. like the mark of shame um, when you have to stand up and like awkwardly get out of there off the slippery yeah. rocks, but you know it's yeah, part of it. Like, it's what it. happens. Yeah, it is it's true. We <laughs> lost someone early on. Um, they didn't want to do the whole photo thing, which is understandable. I get it. Uh, oh, get man. It's not fun. Um, and getting up out of the, cause you're like, you've already peed on yourself in the, in the tube. Like you don't want to get up again. You're comfortable. Uh, it was cold, like cold enough that when we first got in the river and I was just standing there, uh, I had yeah. to get out. Like I wasn't going to wait uh-huh. in the river cause it was yeah. way too cold. Um, but then you yeah. get used to it, but you don't realize you don't, you remember how, you know, you go to swim. So you're like pushing your arms to get to mm-hmm. the part of the, the river and uh, yes. your hands go numb. You're like, Oh, I didn't realize how cold <laughs> yeah, it was. My dude. butt has gotten used to it at this point. That's why Jan uh, and I always saw ourselves as being just the overly enthusiastic leaders at the start of float club. Like we just try <laughs> to get everybody really fired up right at the beginning. Cause once you're like a quarter mile down river, you're just super committed. Like you can't get out of it yeah. easily. So it's like, well, I guess I'm just doing well, this the, for the next the two hours. That, you the know, guy that, the guy that uh, bailed on, on it early on lost both of his sandals um, one of them we recovered if we found it down river um, and, but yeah. he had to walk back to the cars without sandals on uh, didn't know the code to the vehicle to get back into the vehicle so he had to sit outside oh no uh, oh and no and then he finally remembered the code and got back into it I was just like oh that is a miserable experience I'm so sorry um, <laughs> I think he'll, he'll give another try at least in this other part of the river because it's definitely deeper well, he better not show up with sandals that, on, you know, go Chacos. There's a lot no of sandals shoes. there. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Ah, float club. That's good time. Awesome, man. I'm glad you did that. Dude, I can't believe in a lot of ways we're already all the way through Galatians, but people, if you like Galatians or haven't listened to that, you should go back. I think we did like eight episodes to to get through it or seven, something like that. But we are officially in a new series today. Um, I think we're going to call it the Hope Series. New (laughs) series. I like your intro music. Hope Study? No problem. Hope Series? Yeah. The Hope Study. So this is where it comes from. I'm writing a workbook right now um, to help people find hope and keep it. Um, And this would be the hope, of course, in Jesus Christ. Because, well, this is the Jesus Life Podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. So no matter what life throws at you, no matter what circumstances do in your life, um, you can continue to have hope and walk with with Christ and walk with others in relationship. Um, And that's where this all comes from. Uh, It's, I should know how many weeks it is. It's eight weeks uh, study. Um, Mm -hmm. We might break it up a little bit more depending on how much content there is to cover in in each section. Uh, Right. But yeah. At some point, it will be available for sale, and you could buy it and go through it with your people. Um, it is a yeah. study you do by yourself because this is the Jesus Life podcast, and um, you shouldn't be doing any of this Jesus Life by yourself. Uh, it should right. be in relationship with other people. 
So that's what this, mm-hmm. this study is designed to do is to be in relationship with other people as we help you foster a relationship with Jesus yourself. Um, and then also in community with others. Um, so when it comes out, that's kind of how it works. But before we get there, we should just probably preamble this thing. Yeah. I, you know, whenever I read or say preamble, I always want to say pre-mumble instead because it's like the important context. And, you know, not that we should mumble it, especially because it's a podcast, but welcome to the pre-mumble, people. Um, <laughs> so, pre-mumble. It does look like mumble. I see where you get it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, dude, I, I'm impressed that I knew what preamble was, honestly. Yeah. It's just a I'm good impressed. looking word. And you spelled it the right way. That's a $10 word, honestly, not because of length, but it's a tricky one. And you knocked it out of the park. Well done. Well done. Knew the proper dude, definition and everything. Take it. <laughs> I was kind of thinking All this. This titles. That's right. This might throw us off a tiny bit, but I don't think so. I don't know. Um, but I was just looking through like my Bible app. Uh not that I even use it like every day because sometimes I like to read it and sometimes I listen, sometimes I forget. Um, but I try to be consistent as much as I can. But I like to highlight verses that are like, you know, ones that stand out to me in the moment. And one, I was just kind of thinking maybe we could start by sharing like a verse that you've that's like spoken to you recently. Um, I can start cause it's my idea and you might be looking up one as we go. Um, but maybe do that. And then, then we can dive into a few pre mumble, uh, topics to set up kind of, um, the hope study fully. So I don't know, maybe this will spark something, maybe not, but I didn't tell Josh this first. Uh, but here's one that I highlighted real recently, I guess three weeks ago. But it's out of Matthew 6, verses 19 and 20. And I think it's message version. So, you know, the paraphrase um, says this. Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths or corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place where you will most want to be and end up being. So I highlighted that probably because it was the message version and just kind of a little different than the other versions that I've heard and heard preached on often. But this idea of, of like immense hope that we have in Jesus and that we have in our real relationship with the Lord, uh, coupled with this idea of like where your treasures are is where your heart is going to be. Uh, and your mind and your time and your resources and everything, that's that's where they're going to get dedicated to. Um, I think thinking about hope, it's a shift, right? Because like people might hope without the Lord, like I just hope I'm happy. I just hope I have a great sales year. I just hope I, you know, whatever. Um, these smaller term things and the Bible in Matthew six, Jesus, I think that's part of the Sermon on the Mount. He kind of flips it and says, like, no, like where your where your hope is, uh, where your treasures are, that's where your heart's going to be. So put your heart on the things that that aren't going to be, you know, taken by the world, where moth and rust won't destroy, and nobody can steal, no matter your circumstances. Put your your treasures there. 
Um, so I guess it's just a shift and a, a reminder for me that like my treasures need to be in line with the things that glorify the Lord rather than the things that make me feel good or, or benefit me in the exact moment. But I don't know, man, any, any, did that spark anything in you? Or are you just like, yep, that's a good one. <laughs> what do you think? No, that, that is a great verse. Um, yeah, I think I should think what the underlying, um, I, I, I think you hit it right on the head in terms of like, I think oftentimes we think of hope, like you said, of, um, uh, hope is a hope that I get what I want more so mm-hmm. than finding a fulfillment or a true joy or peace uh, in Jesus and my relationship with Jesus in the midst of the circumstances of life, whether they're going my way or not. Uh, yeah. And I think oftentimes we get those two things confused um, that, you know, Jesus is out there to give me whatever I want. Um, and, you know, we like to misquote certain verses like, you know, um, of course I can't think of the verses off the top of my head. Uh, what's the verse Jesus says it, um, essentially mm. he'll work all things for those who love him. Isn't that, uh, isn't that Jeremiah? Like all things work together for the good of those who love and glorify God. Something like that. Um, I'm trying to find it. Actually, I think about it. I think it is in the epistles. Um, oh no, I'm thinking of the wrong thing. I just looked it up. Love him. Romans eight. Um, which I should have known. Uh, and we know, uh, that in all things, God works for the good mm-hmm. of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. Um, also a really great verse. Um, but oftentimes we misquote that of like, Oh, I'm just going to get all the good things in my life. But you know, bad circumstances or decisions that you don't like could also be for your good. Um, mm. and you know, the ultimate goal of, of Christ in your life, uh, after salvation, of course, is he wants to see fruit coming out of your life and the lives of other people. And for that to happen, there has to be growth. There has to be sanctification. Um, so he wants to, the good of all, you know, the good in that, is um, that you're being more and more uh, molded into the character of Christ. And it might not necessarily be um, what feels good at the time, but great in the long run. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not really even talking about like God disciplining you. You know, there's a part of that, but I I don't think it's as, as um, often as we, we think it is. I think oftentimes we think that God's disciplining that person and in all reality, um, something's just happening to him. And sure, God right. can work that out for his good, but um, right. it's probably just going back to the last week. He's just reaping what he sowed. Like, right? Just the reality yeah. of dude made mm-hmm. some poor decisions, and now he's you know reaping what what comes with those poor mm-hmm. decisions. Um, yeah, God might not actively be disciplining in that moment. Um, but yeah, no, I think this great verse. Thanks, man. I think for me, yeah. two verses jump out. Um, one, it's a verse. I would probably call it my life's verse. Um, I quote it enough, and you've heard me quote it, you know, a hundred times in this podcast. Um, but John ten ten. So Jesus says, "The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you mm-hmm. life and give it to the full." 
like I want to experience the full life. I want others to experience the full life in Jesus. Um, you know, one of the reasons we're planting Hill City right now is we think we figured out how to help people have the full life um, as they mature in their relationship with Jesus inside of relationships with one another. Um, yeah. And, you know, teaching people how to live that life. Um, so that's definitely a big piece of, and there's also purpose in the midst of that, right? Like we want to have a life that's making a difference um, in the lives yeah. of those around us and it not all be 100% about ourselves. Um, mm. But, you know, we're being used by God because, you know, that, I don't know about you, but that gives me great joy um, to be yeah. used by God in the lives of other people. And then the other uh, would be in Romans 15. Um, I'm looking it up because I don't actually know the verse number. Uh, 15, 13. Let me, uh, may God. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll add my thought to it. You go for it. Yeah. Um, may God, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him mm-hmm. so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, man. Um, is another key verse of, of this idea. Yeah. Mainly that so piece good. of like, so you'll trust in him. Like this is all about relationship. Jesus was all about relationship. Um, to find this hope in Christ, it means you're fostering a relationship with Jesus and you're fostering a relationship with one another for the purpose of getting closer to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I was thinking that John 10, 10, as you read it, I know you've quoted that a lot of times, but um, life like to the fullest, you know, um, like that's why he came. It. I was just thinking like, I don't know. I, the longer I've walked with with the Lord and and what I think is an honest pursuit of of relationship with Him, um, the more full my life feels, you know. And a lot of that maybe seems counterintuitive because when I was younger, I thought I'll, not that I'm like super old, but I'm in my 30s now, and maybe I've learned a couple things since you know being like 18 and like I'm an adult. I'm going to take over the world. I can do anything, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't want to, if, if I think back and I'm honest about it, I really didn't want to give up any freedoms, uh, in my life. I wanted to like be in control and kind of have like my relationship with, with God be in a box and like, yeah, yeah, I'll have that like on my terms, you know, like you can affect these areas of my life, but this is off limits, God. Um, and I don't know, man, like the more I, the more I submit and say, like, my life is an open book, like, here's, here's anything. What do you want to work on in me? Where, what do I need to know? What do I, how do I want to serve? How should I give? How should I, whatever, all of that, like the more I'm open-handed with it and the more it feels like Mm -hmm. I'm giving up things in my life, the more full my life has actually felt over time. Um, not that I'm perfect and not that I'm all the way there yet, but it is a sign like, or it's a, maybe a marker, you know, of like, does my life feel more full or less full over time in following the Lord? And, and hopefully more, you know, hopefully it's more hope filled and, and more life filled. Um, even if that means a lot more submission over time to the Lord. So yeah, man, that just struck me as you were saying that that's a good reminder. No, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I think all too often, like, we, we go so many like, weird directions with this idea. Like, either 
um, we take this approach of like, I can't have any kind of fun. I can't have any personality. It has to be 100% Jesus all the time. And it's Mm. not even like awesome Jesus. It's like this sterile Mm. rule abiding Jesus, which sounds miserable. Um, but we often go down that road because we feel like that's the more spiritual thing to do. Or we go down Mm. this other route, like you just said of like, I don't want to give up. Yeah. Um, the things that make me really happy. And I would argue you don't have to, unless it's sinful and then it's destructive. So why would you do it anyways? Um, so if it's sin, Jesus asking give up. And you know, the other part is like, yeah, as you walk with Christ, Christ may say certain things that you should give up. Uh, maybe it's simple as like, you know, you should give up social media. Um, you know, is social media inherently bad? No, not necessarily. Is it inherently good? Absolutely not. Um, right. But there, there's a piece to that, right? Like God may, and I'm not saying that's true of everyone, like do what is right as, as Jesus, you know, presents it to you. Um, and that's going to be, I think, different for everybody's journey and let Jesus lead that journey. You know, we've said that over and over again. It's not like, well, all these good Christians do these things. I argue, foster relationship with Jesus, spend time with Jesus, and let Jesus tell you what you should be doing and not be doing. Um, and it may be different for you, um, for you to get the most out of this relationship with Jesus and for you to see the most change in your heart and in your life. Um, that might not be the same for Andrew or I. Like These aren't the things that Jesus is telling us to do. Um, and that's fine. Right. That's great. Whatever. But Jesus should be leading that process. And as he leads that process, I think we quickly find um, like you just described, Andrew, um, that, that, yeah, there's a fullness inside of that. It's exciting. Um, that, um, when we get to new plateaus for lack of a better term Mm. or or new levels in our relationship with Jesus or intimacy with Jesus, yeah, there's a, there's a deeperness to life that comes there. Um, but I think Andrew said this earlier too, like there's, there's a part of the Christian life that we hold things loosely. We have open hands. Um, because there may be things that Jesus is going to take uh, to give you other things. There may be things that Jesus places in your hands that you didn't expect um, in terms of a variety of things, whether it's places he wants you to invest in or people he wants you to invest in, or it, it could be uh, personality traits that he changes inside of you or uh, yeah. a worldview that needed to be shifted or changed. There's, there's a variety of different things that come into place. But um, as you talked, I, I, the verse that came into mind is um, – it's in the beginning of John. I, I don't remember. I should be better at these verses things. Uh, I am a Bible <laughs> major and I've been a pastor for 15, 15 years. But um, there's a lot of them. Uh, All right. I, I think it's in John three, but the whole idea of, you know, he must become greater and I must become less. Yeah. Um, you know, that yeah. concept applied to our lives or he must increase and I must decrease uh, depending on your version. But um, mm-hmm. that whole idea of like, yeah. Um, you're not losing your personality. You're not losing your fun. You're not u- losing right. the the joy of life um, to walk with Jesus. Um, you just ge- get deeper things uh, from Jesus as you walk and journey with him. Um, but you'll keep a lot of your same personality. Like I'm still Josh, even though I've been walking with Jesus for 20 years now. Um, right. Probably a better version of Josh, I would hope <laughs> in that 20 years. And I would argue <laughs> I am because I, I see, right. you know, the fruits of the spirit more active in my life today than I've even a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that piece too. So, you know, there, there are, you know, we've talked about on the podcast, there are 
elements or metrics that we can judge our lives by. Um, we just don't want to chase those things. We want to chase Jesus and let those things be a by- byproduct of that. Um, but yeah, I think Andrew's right. Like there's a piece of like, we have to hold things loosely and want what Jesus wants for us rather than what we want for us and trust. And I know trust is a scary, scary word. Uh, right. Trust that what he has for us is better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's hard. Um, like I think of for me, like, you know, in relationship of um, when certain relationships have to be cut out of your life uh, for whatever mm. reason, um, those are the hardest for me to give up of like, God, why wouldn't you want this or whatever it happens to be. Uh, right. Then it can be variety for relationships. I'm just talking about romantic relationships. Right. Um, but, you know, for Jesus to get you where he wants you to go, you got to go through some things. Um, and that could be hard to, that'll be a hard pill to swallow from time to time. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause sometimes it means real sacrifice, you know, or, or it means like, I know I should give that thing up or that person or whatever, but, uh, but you don't want to, you know? Um, yeah, man. So you have on here state of the relationship as one of the days of kind of the, the hope study itself. And I thought that might be a cool spot to dive in because you know, we talk a lot about the go- the gospel, but looking at like what is the state of of relationship between us and God um, mm-hmm. might be a cool place to start when we're we're setting up like hope. You know, how do you have hope in detail? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Like, what's the state of this relationship we're stepping into? Yeah, I, I think in the Christian life, and we've talked a lot about this in different series over the last you know year, but um, to kind of bring it all back um, to the conversation, there, there's two paths I think that you can run on as a follower of Jesus. There's a path of faith, which is completely based on God's ability um, and your ability to follow. Um, and then there's a path of works or acceptance that you've, you live this Jesus life or you live that I should say, you live this Christian life in a Mm. way that you try to do all the good things you think good Christians do. Uh, Things like going to church, reading your Bible, praying, serving others, fasting, right? All these things, these Christian practices, not bad things, but yeah, I I would argue not helpful if not done in the right attitude or heart. Um, And then for whatever reason, you know, we, we're okay with Jesus taking care of everything um, at the cross so we can find new creation, we can find mm-hmm. uh, a new life, we can find salvation and forgiveness um, and restorate, you know, rest, restored relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, but we so quickly end up on that acceptance path where I'm just, I'm just trying to please God and do all the right things and do less wrong things, right? I just, uh, yeah. you know, my job is to sin less and do more godly things. And you're like, mm-hmm. that. It's just not true. It sounds good and it sounds right, but the reality is that puts us in charge. That doesn't put Jesus in charge. Yeah. Um, that means I'm just doing it on my own efforts and I'm white knuckling it. And I think this is the mm-hmm. the biggest issue for Christians to come to terms with and understand um, and why they lack hope in this life. Mm. Um, like Because they feel like it's a burden. Christianity is hard. Um, walking with Jesus is difficult. It takes too much time. Um, yeah. 
I feel like I'm always failing all, all these kind of emotions that, that come up um, because you're, you're trying to do it on your own. It was never designed for you to do it on your own. Like yeah. we pray um, in relationship with Jesus. It should be a conversation. It should be intimate. It should be give and, and take just like any conversation that you have um, like that, that that's normal. Like I think I shared this last week. I don't remember, but I'll share it again. Um, like I was having a conversation with somebody and, you know, for weeks we were talking about, you know, just having intimate conversation with God, um, let all the emotion out. Don't hold anything back. Um, model vulnerability. Um, yeah. and all of those things are terrifying. I get it. Um, and yeah. this person, um, mentioned after practicing for a little while, he's like, I've been, I've been practicing, um, this whole intimate conversation with God thing. And it's awkward. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is awkward. 100%. When you first start out, just like you talking with a great friend or, or talking with your, your fiance or recent spouse, like, yeah, it's awkward to have intimacy and conversation when you uh-huh. didn't have it before, but it has totally. to start somewhere. And because this is yeah. all relationship, um, a lot of characteristics of our relationship with other humans is the same characteristic characteristics that you're going to have in relationship with Jesus, right? Like it doesn't happen overnight. It does take time, but keep practicing it. You're going to find more depth and fullness in the, in your relationship with Jesus as you practice it more. Um, it becomes easier and easier to be intimate and honest and have ongoing conversations throughout the day and not just the sterile prayer um, that you pray or you only pray when things are bad and you're really just begging God to do something um, because you don't right. know what else to do. All of those things, I think, are, are coming from this idea of state of relationship of, are you trying to live a relationship based in faith? Meaning you're just trying to foster a relationship with Jesus and let Jesus take the lead and let Jesus take care right. of the rest. And you just do the things that Jesus tells you to do. Or are you trying to do it from this acceptance path, acceptance path where you're just trying to be accepted by God and you think you're accepted by God by doing more good things than bad things? Or you're trying to be accepted, you know, in the eyes of of you know, the humans around you, humanity around you, and they want, mm-hmm. you want them to see you as a good Christian. So you're doing more good things than bad things, at least in the public eye, because I find oftentimes behind the scenes, you're just miserable and sinning constantly um, <laughs> when you try to live that life because it's too hard. Um, it's not how it was designed to be. It sounds good and churches teach it without even realizing they teach it. Um, you know, yeah. I, I know I shared this story. I was at an Easter mm-hmm. service this last year and, you know, the, the preacher on stage said, you know, you know, Jesus went to the cross, so you'll sin less. And you're like, no, like, are you freaking kidding me? Um, <laughs> like that's so opposite of the truth. I'm sorry. Right. Jesus went to the cross because I had no other way out. Um, it's not because, so I can have a, a sinless life, um, right. he went to the cross so I can experience a relationship with him again in a way that I hadn't before. Um, and we so often miss that, but we'll say it all the time. And I wish we had a different way of saying it. Cause I think for some people it goes right over their heads, um, that, you know, it's all about relationship with Jesus and you hear relationship with Jesus all the time in the church. Mm-hmm. But when we say relationship with Jesus, you know, it's like Andrew and I, and our friendship has grown over the years and our yeah. intimacy and our conversation has grown over the years. And, you know, there's a depth of trust in our relationship that we didn't have, you know, five years ago or whatever it was. How many? Something like that. Would we Seven. Oh, 2012. So almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and that, that comes with time. It's the same with our relationship with Jesus. Are you fostering it? Are you practicing things that help you foster it? Are you just doing things because you think that's what good Christians do? Um, right. Because I know people in my life, they read their Bible religiously every day. Um, and they are not more like Jesus today than they were five years ago. And the, right. issue, the issue isn't the recorded word of God. The issue is right. there's no relationship. They're just mm-hmm. doing these these exercises that they think are going to lead to something, or maybe they're just doing them because they feel like it's the right thing to do. Um, but if relationship's not in the midst of it, I, honestly, reading your Bible without relationship, I think, can become dangerous for a lot of people. Um, you mm-hmm. end up in this legalistic idea uh, or world where you're just trying to judge other people so you're better than them. Um, pride yeah. takes over. Pride takes over in all this conversation, but it's yeah. the reason we don't live the faith path. But so I think that's the big piece, an overview, Andrew. I know that was long-winded, but I also see a baby in your hand, so I was trying to carry more yeah, for yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm bouncing a baby currently. That's all good, though. Dude, as you were talking, I and maybe it's just because I watched some of it last night, but when we're talking state of the relationship, of what our relationship is with the Lord, one thing it's not <laughs> is the relationship uh, relationships you see like on the bachelorette. Uh, that is one show my wife, uh, likes to watch occasionally. That is just like ridiculous, occasionally, you know? whatever they watch it yeah. every Tuesday night, <laughs> whatever night it is. Yeah. I don't know. So or Thursday, she was watching it last night, which means I ended up watching some of it and dude, just, the like, it's all early on in this season. So there's like, an absurd number of dudes there to try to, you know, find love or whatever they're saying. Um, Really, I think it's just mainly because they want to be like TV famous and that's what they're about. Um, But dude, like they put, they put this person, this woman on such a pedestal and there's like, they're there for weeks and weeks and it's like 10 to 20 to 30 guys or whatever they start with all trying to like, chase relationship with this one lady and it's like i don't know they're just fighting for like 30 seconds of her time every now and again and it's like the shallowest thing where they're then like oh like i totally like i'm building really deep feelings for this person it's like dude you've spent a collective like five minutes with that person and you've just like i don't know built something up in your mind about who they are because you saw them on some other show or stalked their Instagram or whatever, but it's like so far from any real relationship. It's just, I don't know. It's just fake. It's like, I see this person and I think they're all these things and they're going to complete me. And it's like the exact opposite where our relationship with the Lord is like, no, it's like you're already fully known and loved by God. And you might not know that, or you might already know that, but the whole process is about, you giving up the things that you're holding on to that are taken away from God's will in your life, you know, like over time you build that depth of relationship by submission and by doing things to please the Lord rather than um, doing things that are just to please you, you know, but it's not, you're never fighting for 30 seconds of God's time, you know, never like trying to get there because somebody else has his attention. It's like, no, He's always there, always ready to give you full attention. Um, if anything, yeah. you're just fighting yourself to be like, I should actually make that 
a priority. You know, I should actually be open to giving something up. I should actually be open to understanding what what God's word means in my life rather than just trying to memorize 30 chapters so I look good to others. You know, it's like I should actually let that affect my heart. (laughs) So it's just such a good like opposite picture, I guess. Yeah. The thought that I had um, as you were sharing the bachelor story, we'll use the bachelor as our example today. Um, When you said, you know, these guys have fallen in love with this girl and they've spent such, you know, a little amount of time. How can you actually truly be in love? Right. Uh, I think oftentimes Christians do the same thing with God. Um, Hmm. That that they've created this facade of relationship. Um, And and I think they genuinely think they have a relationship and deep relationship with God. Um, But in all reality, they've spent such a little amount of time with God that that relationship is, is shallow at best. And then when trials come, when hard times come in life, they just, they fall apart. Um, You know, their, their faith crumbles right below them because um, they thought that they had something that they didn't like. They didn't, they didn't walk with Jesus. They didn't have, you know, relationship with Jesus. They did all the right things. I remember having a conversation with somebody Mm. um, a few years ago about, you know, uh, taking on uh, the idea of, I'm trying to remember what Old Testament character. Was. I think it was Jacob. I think it was Jacob. It, it, I know David even did this to some extent of like, God, look at all the good things I've done for you. Now you should do something for me. Um, you're just like, man, like you've completely missed it. Like, no, like, none of that good is, stuff. is helpful or true. Yeah, because the reality is you're a sinner yeah. need much in need of much grace without Christ. Yeah. Christ. So like, yeah, he's given you plenty. Like, stop it. Um, but there's that <laughs> idea that lives too of like, God, look at all the good I do for you, and yet you're doing nothing for mm. me. That's not relationship. Like, right? You, th- you know, say that's your marriage, and you're telling your wife, look how good all the good I've done for you, and you do nothing for me. You think your marriage yep. is going to last with that attitude? Like, good luck. <laughs> um, that thing's going to start crumbling down at some point. Yep. Um, yep. But oftentimes we treat it the same way. And what I've learned too, like, um, it's funny, you know, I've been on this path for for two plus years now of learning how to to have foster relationship with Jesus and foster relationship with one another. And there's a correlation between how well you do relationship with people and how well you do relationship hmm. with God, because relationships, relationship. So if you really yeah. suck at relationship with people, there's a really good chance your relationship with God is 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 on the rocks. It's in a rough place. Um, so I think there's that piece too. Um, at least for me, as I interact with people and I, I watch people's lives, you know, individuals yeah. that I'm discipling or, or individuals I'm trying to invest in um, relationally for the sake of of the Great Commission, um, and I see just how they interact in relationship, how they act in relationship, um, even just our relationship, how they act. Um, they're, yeah. they're pretty good tall tale signs on what their relationship with Jesus actually looks like because mm. they're showing you on whether or not they know what healthy relationship looks like. Um, and healthy, right. like our relationship with Jesus is no different. Um, like Andrew said, like, yes, 100%. Jesus is just waiting there. It's not like yeah. he's going anywhere. It's not like I need you to jump through these 17 hoops before I will let my presence <laughs> dwell with you. Um, that's and there's no line, the by the way, if you're, if Josh is like praying and spending time with, with the Lord, that doesn't mean I have to wait my turn. You know, it's like open access anytime. 
Like you're good to go. It's just you holding you back. God is God is omnipresent. Um, but we don't take advantage of it. And maybe that's just the enemy being really good at what he does, um, to get us distracted away from the things that are actually most helpful to our lives and to, to having hope. Um, but we just don't invest in relationship with Jesus. Like it's crazy. I don't know yeah. why we do it. And I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone else. Like I'm not speaking right. down to anyone. Like I get it. Uh, but right. you know, all so often, you know, we have, and we have access to the perfect being, right. Uh, fully God, fully man to live this life, experienced all the motions, experienced all the temptations of life, the destruction that could come experienced, um, you know, what it means to, to fully give to, to God's purposes. Like we mm-hmm. literally have Jesus, um, like the source of everything, and yet we choose to try to do it on our own without Jesus constantly, mm-hmm. um, which All is just mind-boggling to to really think about. I don't know why we do it. I'll blame I'll blame the enemy. It's probably his fault, I would assume. Um, but we also shouldn't <laughs> want to let him win. So let's fight back. Uh, that's true. That's uh, true. I don't know if we already hit this, maybe well enough or not but the idea that god can't love you more um i just wanted to say and i know we're breezing through this compared to kind of how you have written it up in the study but we're also taking one whole section and we'll probably slow down as we continue this series and really focus on a few attributes of each one but this idea that god can't love you more um it's important man like uh, we were talking about kind of keeping a list of like, I've done this for you and how like it doesn't work in a friendship. It doesn't work in a marriage. It doesn't, doesn't work at your job, you know, um, to say, look at all the things I accomplished compared to somebody else. Look at all the, look at these 15 kind things I did for you today. The least you can do is this one kind thing I wanted to manipulate you into doing, (laughs) you know, it's like, that's not the way this thing works. So this idea that God can't love you more, like, I think that we can get caught up unintentionally in this idea that like the more and more and more that I do for God in our words, right. The more and more I do for him, the more he loves me, you know, and and this like give and take. Yeah. Um, and I don't know exactly why that is, but I know that maybe it just is honestly, it's maybe because it's just in our control. It's like I can feel like God loves yeah. me more if I'm doing more things for him, you know, in my mind for him, where I'm giving more of my time to missions, I'm giving more of my resources to whatever. I'm, you know, spending more of my time reading his word, memorizing scripture. Again, not bad things, any of them. But if you're doing them as a checklist mm-hmm. or you're doing them as a um, bullet pointed list of like, God, look at all these things I did mm-hmm. and all this time and all this money and all this whatever that I gave to you. Um, that's that doesn't make him love you anymore. You know, um, doesn't make you lo- him love you mm-hmm. any any less either. Um, neither does your sin. It doesn't, it doesn't make God love you less if you're spending time sinning and and trying to get away from him and his love. His love is steady. It's Mm -hmm. already, uh, ridiculously Mm -hmm. good and ridiculously large, and it's not going to become any larger or smaller Mm -hmm. based on your actions. 
you might understand it and feel it differently based on how you act towards God and based on how you choose to live out your relationship or lack of relationship with him. Um, but yeah, God can't love you more. And I just add to it, like you can't change how God loves you, you know, um, but we might think we can. And, and I think we often like we talk about white knuckling Christianity and like works-based faith where you're just like, if I do these 34 things and then I die, God will welcome me into the pearly gates. It's like, dude, you're missing it. That's only part of the gift of God. The other part is that you get to live today here and now in the kingdom and you get to live in a way, in a way that's like totally antithetical to the, 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 people who don't know the Lord because you know the Lord and you have hope that lives beyond yourself. You know, um, it's actually exciting and it's good, but, but you can't just earn it by white knuckling it. And you certainly can't earn it by doing, by keeping your list of here's the 34 things I did. So you have to welcome me into the kingdom of, uh, God today or after I die, you know, that's not how it works. Yeah. 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 You know, I always like to point out, you know, um, that Jesus' baptism in the beginning of the Gospels, um, you know, Jesus is being baptized. And at this point, this is before he's performed any major miracle. It's performed, he's, you know, yeah. before he's preached any great sermon, um, before yep. he's made any major investment in people um, or, you know, work towards the kingdom, at least public work towards the kingdom. I would assume there's plenty of private stuff that God Jesus did. Um, you know, as he's coming out of the water, the heavens open up a big booming voice from heaven speaks. This is my son whom I love yep. and with him, I'm well pleased before he did a thing for God. Um, yeah. God said, I love him. I'm pleased with him. And he's mine simply yeah. because uh, of the fact that he's mine. Um, simply yeah. because of relationship for no other reason. Um, am I proud of him? Uh, and that's, yeah, it's a hard thing I think for many to accept And I think this is where things get like weird and twisted um, is most people don't think they're actually good enough for God's love. And the truth is that's true. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. Um, (laughs) Right. um, But that's already done. But it's taken care of. But like, so there's like like that weird piece, but then it gets into like the pride piece of like, well, I'm just going to do it on my own and like prove to him. Maybe it's just a bunch of daddy issues in people. Of like, <laughs> Maybe. we're still just like trying to chase after the approval of our fathers. Um, right. <laughs> that's where it comes from. I don't know. Uh, it'd be worth if that's where you're at digging into it. Cause man, life is so much nicer when you're foster yeah. relationship with Jesus and walking with Jesus, known that you're known, you know, that you're, you're known, love, valued, and pursued by Christ. Yeah. Uh, man, mm-hmm. this life is full of hope. Uh, I don't have bad days that often. I have moments of anxiety, which is weird because mm-hmm. I'm not an anxious person, but that's a new thing for me. Um, right. But uh, even in the midst of that, like Jesus is still Jesus and I still get to go directly to him and have conversations yeah. with him about how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Um, and I think that's a, I mean, that's, that's a huge blessing in, in this life um, before I ever get to meet him face to face in eternity. Uh, Dude. Definitely something I want. Um one Absolutely. other thing I think, Andrew, that could be cool uh, for us to go through is um, uh, this is on page 18 of the PDF I sent you. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is kind of uh, a survey, for lack of a better term, of where are you currently at in terms of this hope pursuit? Um, and I would argue hope is found in our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where a lot of these questions come from. 
Um, but I think it'd be helpful to talk through our answers mm. of these questions um, yeah. to kind of where we're at as we start this new series of the hope study. Um, yeah. And, you know, once the series comes out, this is something you can do on your own, but um, we'll try to hit all the options so you can, you can hear where you could find the place where you may be sitting in some of these questions, but uh, yeah, we can kind of close it out for the week. But um, yeah, when things in life don't go as planned or life gets difficult, what's your yeah. most common emotion? And do you have an idea of why that motion is most common? Hmm. Uh, and there's some emotions listed here, fear, anger, worry, apathy, lonely, uh, hopeful or confident. Yeah, man. Um, it's so interesting. Uh, I talked through my job loss, uh, you know, when I got fired and then rehired in a different job um, a while back. And I'd say a lot of the time my, my reaction would be worry in that most recent time. It was like confident with dashes of worry, you know, like I was confident God was going to provide because he was giving us this, this child, but um, but there were still moments and hours and maybe days where worry was much more prevalent than I wanted it to be, you know, or than I wish it was. But yeah, so worry or confident is is my honest answer. Yeah. What about you? I think my my initial emotion and unhealthy emotion at that is probably fear or anger. Um, probably come up first. Um, for me, it's a process of like, like that's the raw emotion that's going to come up. It's not neither good nor bad. It's what you do with yeah. that emotion. Um, so for me, it's talking back with Jesus about that of like, hey, God, here's what's going on. And sure, he knows what's going on, but like, you should probably still talk about it. Like your yeah. parents or your wife or your, you know, best friend or your mom or your uh, brother mm -hmm. probably knows what's going on in your life, but. Like until you invite them in and talk about what's going on from your perspective, and it's not yeah. helpful to you. Um, right. So I invite Jesus into those things and start talking about those things of like, here, God, here's the fear that I'm feeling. And I think this is the specific fears that I'm experiencing yeah. or thinking about, or here's the anger, God, or I'm getting frustrated um, and that's coming out. And then eventually yeah. it will get to hopeful, confident. Um, I would yeah. say this, if you're sitting in apathy, um, mm -hmm. or even loneliness, I'll be honest, you got, you got a fair amount of work to do. Um, mm. like those mm. are some pretty rough places to be because those yeah. are signs. Those are signs that you've given up. Um, mm. and it's not over. Um, Jesus 100% right. able to bring you to hopeful and confident. Um, he's 100% able to give you the full life that, that he promised and let you experience those things, but it's going to take some work on your part, um, to yeah. get to those places. Cause apathy is apathy is a scary place to be. Mm -hmm. um, but Absolutely. here's the next one. As you think about your relationship with Jesus today, what phrases below would best describe it? And can you pinpoint the reason for that? Um, he is distant mm -hmm. at best. He's disappointed in me. He is often the first place I go. He knows me, but we don't talk much. Uh, he and I used to be really close, but not anymore. Um, he's around, um, but we have a past that I haven't healed from. Hmm. That's, a, that's good. Phrase. Yeah, a couple of them, man. Um, 
like the he's often the first place I go. That's true. And then the other one that's also true is he knows me, but we don't talk much. And that's not always true, you know, but but sometimes it is where and it's not even like a, I don't want to talk to the Lord. I don't want to spend time with them. It's just like I let myself get way too busy. You know, I need to reread that that book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, um, because that's that's been my life for a while, man, where it's just like I have I have enough on my plate. I can get through from dawn till dusk, you know, and and just stay busy the whole time and have no time to to reflect. So sometimes I let myself stay there where I'm just doing, doing, doing and not really spending time with them. So but with that being said, he's often the first place I go. Uh, but then there are days and, and seasons where uh it's like he knows me. I know him, but we don't talk that much. That's also true sometimes. Yeah. What about you? That's good. Yeah, there's definitely been seasons in my life. And I used to describe it this way of like we live in the same house, but we <laughs> we don't really do life together. Um, yeah. And that was even as I was a pastor. And and I think it's mm. for a variety of different reasons um that I found myself in that place and even slipping into apathy of like I just don't care anymore. Um, mm. which is also a scary place to be. Um, so I think there's definitely seasons that, that it's been that way. Um, thankfully, um, you know, God has had me on this journey for, you know, two plus years now. And, you know, he's off in the first place I go. Um, yeah. if not majority of the time, he's the first place I go, um, to talk through whatever, to process emotions that I'm experiencing and trying to figure out or to process circumstances that are happening and how do I best approach them, um, whether that's relationship or just circumstances of life. Yeah. How do you manage all those things? Um, but I also understand the feelings of him feeling distant, um, hmm. him feeling like uh, disappointed of like, uh, I've heard it described this way of like just waiting for that other shoe to drop. Just waiting yeah. for, to the point where like God's just done. Like he's sick of me giving me too many new chances. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just done with me, which is like there, all these responses are valid because they're emotions and your emotions are valid. Yeah. Um, but they're not necessarily based in reality um, or truth. Right. Like right. God's, we just talked about this. God's not disappointed in you. The beauty right. of this Jesus life, this Christian life is you get to get back up. Like you're mm-hmm. going to fail, you're going to fall miserably and you get to get back up. And you know what? How yep. many times you going to get back up as many times as you possibly need. Um, yep. That's the beauty of the gospel, um, which is mind boggling for us to, to process yeah. at times because it seems so, just seems too good to be true, but man, yeah. is it, it is too good, but it is true. Um, exactly. Yeah. So here's exactly. some like areas and just looking at these areas from like a macro level, these are a scale. Um, we're looking at these. I'll try to describe them to you, those listening. Um, the scale is worse, neutral, and best um, in all mm-hmm. these different kind of areas of relationship um, or areas of, of um, how you just view your life, I guess. Um, but yeah, best answer, whatever first comes to thought, don't think too much about it. My relationship yeah. with Jesus, worst, neutral, best it's ever been. Oh, man. Okay, one other thing, people, because you can't see this. Worst would be one, and best would be ten, basically, on this scale. So yeah. I'd put myself at like a eight on this relationship with Jesus. Yeah. What about you? I would put myself. I'd put myself at a ten. 
Nice. With high, high hopes that it only gets better from here. But I would, yeah. I would say this is the best I've ever been in relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, awesome. I hope that it doesn't stay here. I hope it only grow in depth and yeah. um, fruitfulness. But um, Absolutely. Uh, my relationship with my spouse or kids. I don't have I'm spouse put or kids, this... so Andrew's on his own on this one. <laughs> I put that this at probably the best right now. Um, it's been a year of like real intentional growth. And I, I, I share, shared it's the year of focus. That's my theme. Focus on relationship with God, relationship with my wife, and relationship with my kids as like the top three. And man... I, it's better than ever right now. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. Very cool. Uh, my relationship with my extended family. So this is brothers, sisters, mom, dad, everyone outside of your immediate household. Yeah. Uh, relationship with extended family. I'd put that like seven, eight, something like that. Yeah. Pretty dang good. What about you? Yeah, probably right around there. I, I think there's yeah. been times in my life that it's been better. Um, and like, it's going to be different with everybody, right? Um, you know, your relationship with your parents compared to the relationship with your sibling could, you know, end up in different places, but yeah, seven or eight, um, mm-hmm. there's been seasons. It's been a lot better. There's been seasons. It's been a lot worse, but it's mm-hmm. also great right now. So I wouldn't want to go. Yeah. Than that. All right. I'm going to flip it um, on you, my, Josh, my relationship with friends, <laughs> where are you at? Friends. Um, that's a good one. Um, probably an eight or a nine. Um, nice. My community today is different um, in terms of the people that are around me. Sure. Um, so there's a there's a lack of relationship in the midst of that because it's there's a lot of new people um, in my life right now that I'm just fostering a relationship with. Um, so it is going to get better. And there's definite seasons I've been in groups of people that have been better than right now in terms of depth, support, trust vulnerability, all of those things of relationship. Um, but I would say I am better at relationship than I've ever been with my friends. That's awesome. That's one for me. That's a little lower. It's probably neutral. Um, and only because not that I'm like stoked about that. It's just realistically, I've had less time to invest in friendships in the recent past and haven't made it as much of a priority. So that's one that could, could grow in me for sure. Yeah. Relationship with church. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. With church. No, you're fine. Uh, relationship with church. Uh, I'm starting a church, so I would say uh, my relationship <laughs> with church is a freaking pen. Top notch. <laughs> best community in the world. Uh, uh, as God continues to develop that community. Uh, yeah. 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 This one's hard. Um the greatest pain of my life has come from church people. Mm. Um, the greatest joys of my life have come from church people um, right now. And part of this is because we have momentum and it's new church life is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, people are invested. They want to put in the time. They want to invest in a relationship. All the, all the key characteristics you want to see are, are true. Um, now that's not going to stay that way when conflict will enter the picture, unless you're just not doing relationship and faking it all then it won't. But, um, so that will change eventually. Like people will hurt you. It's just mm-hmm. reality. Um, but I'm more, 
I'm more excited for the church than I've ever been. And I've never, I've never yeah. been someone that's given up the church. I've had crappy right. pastors. I've had crappy um, situations. I, I've gone through the ringer. I get it. Um, but I've never been someone that's going to give up hope on the church um, mm. in general. Like I remember I had a conversation recently with a coworker of mine that I don't know super well, but getting to know better. And um, they made the comment of, uh, oh, I, I told them, oh, I'm in the process of planning a church right now. And their response is, oh, you're, you're not done with the church? Like, you're still. <laughs> oh, you um, didn't give up? You still want to be. Yeah. You're yeah. like, no. Like, why would I ever. Yeah. Like, who cares what happened in the past? Like, I'm not giving up on the mm. hope of the world. Like, we get to carry the message. I'm yeah. That piece. Yeah, what man. About you, Andrew? For me, I'd probably say like an eight. Um, and like uh, two months and ago. And you're getting probably... to see the new inner workings of the church. Oh yeah. Two months ago, I probably would have said like a six. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm on the board of our church and, you know, went through some stuff. I'm not going to go in detail cause I'm just not, uh, but you know, stuff that's like painful and a big leadership change of the church and like seeing the, the side that gets people so jaded of church, you know, I was probably at neutral or lower than that, uh, for a bit there, but I don't know, man. I'm filled with hope at what's ahead, and I'm I'm excited to be a part of it right now. And I, I'm going to stay in that space, you know. But uh, but I'm committed to it, whether or not it's like perfect in my eyes, you know. Um, so yeah, probably like an eight. And and I think not long ago it would have been at a five or a four. Uh, so that feels that feels good. Yeah, yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Relationship with your coworkers. Yeah. Relationship with your coworkers. You know, it's weird for me. So like, um, I think about like my early twenties. Um, I left my first church. Uh, I was working for Apple, uh, and they'd have like parties and stuff like that. And I just never assumed I was invited to those parties. Right. Like even though people invited you and like said it, you're like, Oh, it's just, and it's probably like past friendship hurts, you know, from high school Mm. and whatnot. Um, and that playing out, but it just never occurred to me that I was like part of the group. Hmm. Um, and I I don't say that to say that was true. It wasn't true. Like looking back on it, I was 100% part of the group and, um, I didn't have to feel awkward going to parties or thinking I wasn't invited. They were just being nice or those kinds of weird, weird things you process through and you're insecure about as, as an early 20 something. And, for some people even later than that. Uh, But I'm at a place now where with coworkers, I just assume they want to be friends. Hmm. Um, And until something changes or they tell me they don't want to be, I'm going to pursue them just like I pursue any friends. Uh, And, you know, I've been blessed to be where I'm at right now. And um, just the, the health that exists there and the people that exist there. Yeah. Like, you know, I spend a lot of time with people outside, you know, you know, my team and people I don't see on a regular basis, um, yeah. at least in the work environments, granted we're all remote. So if we're not in the same, you know, zoom meeting or uh, Google meet meeting, then we're not going to see each other. Um, but thankfully to Slack, we can stay in touch. And then, you know, we've been spending time together and building those relationships. So I'd say it's probably like a seven. Um, there That's have awesome. been coworkers that I'm a lot closer with, but in general um, it's just a fruitful season. We're like just excited to get to know people. That's awesome, man. I'm probably at like a seven, maybe uh, six, seven, something like that. And that's just because I like I'm still building, you know, uh, I'm, I'm still new on the team. I just joined this team on April 
It was just a team of two. Now it's a team of four plus an intern, so five. And uh, anyway, man, yeah, we're still building like trust and relationship. Um, and and in some ways, I'm still mourning a little bit like the old team I was on and the close relationships I had there. I'm not sad about the change. Like I'm really pumped with where I'm at. But, you know, just recognizing it's still way yeah. different because I'd been on that team for like two and a half years, you know, in the trenches with those people. So, um, yeah, probably like a six moving slowly towards a seven. And uh, I don't know, optimistic about it for sure. Outlook, this one's interesting because it's all been relationships like, which I like, I like that this assessment is about that. And then it switches to like outlook on your, your future um, is the last kind of question or scale you have in here. So um, I don't know, man, outlook on your future. Where are you putting that at? Um, That's a good question. Probably a 10. Nice. Um, and mainly reason is there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of new about my life right now. Um, yeah. New church, you know, new endeavors that I'm chasing, new things that I've seen the fruit of, you know, uh, that have been laboring for a long time. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just an exciting season. Now, mm. if I was in the midst of recent failure, <laughs> maybe that'd be a different story, but I'm right. not. So uh, I'm right. going to take advantage of it and give you a 10, mm-hmm. give you my best. Nice, dude. That is awesome. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 10 to 10 as well. Not a 10 comma two, but a 10 as well. I just, I don't know, man, like Maybe it's because my relationship with my with my spouse and kids is is solid, um, or whatever. Maybe I'm just optimistic, but I am optimistic. I'm I'm pumped about the future. Yeah. I'm trying to live in today. That's one thing you learn when you have tiny kids is like don't live in the future too much because you don't want to miss today. Um, but but I'm still. I think Jesus had something to say yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, he might have he might have hit that a little you know, bit. Uh, tomorrow has enough to worry about. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, but no, each that, each day worry. That's great. Yeah. Well, I think too, like you, when you, when you get to this place where you're just 100 percent doing relationship the best you possibly can with God and with people, and there's always places of improvement. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. like how can you not be? Um, mm-hmm. optimistic of, of what's to come. Um, and you may have heard this, this said before it's pretty famous in the church. Um, the best is yet to come. I, I want to say, yeah. I want to give credit to a pastor. His name's Perry Noble. Um, mm-hmm. he had a pretty difficult fall from his previous church. He started in a new church. Um, they're growing. It's great. But, um, he, I think he's probably the one that coined that phrase and just made it famous was, um, mm-hmm you know, the best is yet to come. And that's really how I'm looking at life right now. Like, yeah, it's only gonna get better from here. Like, and that's pretty exciting. Even if circumstances get worse, relationships getting better. And I don't know about you, but if you got relationship, you got support around you with friends and family and, um, you know, hopefully your friends and family are part of the church as well. Um, you know, like in your relationship with Jesus is, is, is growing and you're feeling closer and closer day by day. Um, he's teaching you new things about yourself and new things. How do you like, yeah, there's definitely full of optimism of, of where, mm. you know, like the best is, is yet to come. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, nice. man. Dude. So awesome. that's week one. That's the preamble or, or pre-mumble, pre-mumble. <laughs> of 
the hope study. Yeah. Um, we don't know how we're going to break it down. We're just going to play it by ear. Um, and let's be honest with you. The hope study is not finished yet. Um, one yeah. of the reasons I want to do this, I told Andrew was it may light a fire under my ass, uh, to get this <laughs> stupid thing written. That's been in the works for two plus years. Um, I right. should, once right. it's done, I should like write a blog post. I don't really have a blog, but, uh, <laughs> uh, of like all the renditions of it, like, old yes. table of contents and old different things that I chased that yes, I knew. And, and I think it's just because I knew there was something to this. I wanted mm. people to find hope. Probably why yep. I started the church with a, you know, a tagline of this is where hope lives. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know how to get people there. Uh, and it's probably why I went through so many different renditions and now I know how to get mm. people there. And now you're just trying to do it in the best way possible um, in a mm. way that relates to them. So they actually take these steps uh, to foster right. a relationship. But that's right. Yeah. Andrew, dude, as always, whoo, this is a long episode. Uh, it's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. See you later, man. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us. And we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.